Headliner Radio, the creative voice. Hello and welcome to Headliner Radio, where we're delighted to be joined by two of the leading executives at Maven Records, which is one of the world's biggest independent Afrobeats labels. Um, Edward Veda Ikunwe is the label's A&R manager and Jennifer Imian is the label's director of operations. And they're here to have a chat with us about how 2023 has played out for the label and the scene, as well as some of the trends shaping the market and their approach to talent discovery and uh, artist development and all kinds of other stuff as well. So... Um, Edward and Jennifer, thank you so much for joining us today. How are you both and where are you joining us from? Um, I'll go first. Uh, hi, everyone. Um, hi, Daniel. Great to be on your show. Uh, I'm recording live from Lagos, Nigeria. So, yeah. Excellent. All right. Hi, everyone. Um, yeah, I am recording. I'm here from in London right now. Um, had a shoot yesterday. So, yeah, currently in London. Yeah. Excellent. Um uh, what have you been up to in London? What's been what's been going on this past uh, sort of few days while you've been over here? Uh, I mean, it's been more just um, planning. So I'm trying to like finish on a project, an album that's supposed to come out next week, next year rather. And um, we're just trying to make sure that all the creatives that are, you know in this space that we'd like to work with um, get to work with our artists. So yeah, that's what we've been working on, and also. We have a record coming out top of the year and we just had an amazing photo shoot for it for the cover art for the project yes, um, yesterday. Okay, fantastic. Um, That's really what it's tripped in. Yeah, nice. I mean, b- before we kind of go, you know, into into detail about how 2023 has been and, and lots of the other things that we want to come on to, um, would you be able to just tell us a little bit about the background of Maven Records and just a little bit about what each of your uh, respective roles are at the label? Okay, you're my director of operations, please. <laughs> um, okay, so um, Maven, Maven, where do I start from? We started off first as Mohits. We had um, superstars like the Banj, um, Wandy Cool, and um, a couple of others, Dr. Seed. And um, at some point, okay, so we moved into Maven Records and it's 11 years later after getting investment from Kupanda Capital, who is our investing partner, and we're able to build this empire that everyone speaks of. Um, we have been able to um, be strategic with our processes, people. Um, we have a robust operations that gives us the, <clears throat> the allowance to be able to scout efficiently, get the right talent, the best talent in the market, bring them into the label, groom them. And um, yeah, uh, we definitely have a strong leadership of mostly women, which we are all okay. excited about, to be fair. And um, yes, Maven can be seen as not just a record label. We have morphed into an entertainment business that is looking to tackle key areas or move into key areas like TV, films, gaming, um, and other um, facets of the entertainment business while still maintaining the record label parts of the business. Uh, we're doing this through strategic partnerships across the globe, um, but stemming from Africa because we like the fact that this is a home-based label. So yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Oh, that, perhaps that. Yeah, 
And what I do at Maven, so I oversee business operations, people operations, a little bit of studio operations as well. I work with people like Veda in the NR department to ensure that um, the process for our artists to be able to get in the studio, boost their creativity, get the best results. That's what I do. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Um, on my end, um, I mean, Jennifer basically said everything about Maven, so I think that's really covered. Um, but on my end, uh, the A&R team, literally just making sure that the artists um, understand the label's vision and the label also understands the artist's vision and find a way to bring both visions to life while, you know, reaching the global goal that we all want. You know, the artists, over time, you know, artists in Nigeria would start off small, they'll be successful in Nigeria, going to be successful in some African countries, but Maven is, and also with the spread of Afrobeats now, Maven has a goal of taking Afrobeats to the world. And, you know, we're taking our artists on this journey with us. So the goal is always to make sure that they are as widespread as possible and we cover as much ground as we can um, while still, you know, delivering quality entertainment or quality music. Yeah. Amazing. I mean, what? where are some of the territories that have been really kind of picking up on on the sort of Afrobeats movement, where you know we've, we've, you have this vision of you know kind of taking mm-hmm. that scene to yeah. the wider world, have there been any sort of really early um, adopters, if you like, or territories that have really kind of been receptive to what's going on with your label and your artists? You know, can you tell us a little bit about how that kind of global vision and global expansion is uh, is, is sort of unfolding for you? Yeah, I mean, so the beautiful thing is. Um, I would say one of the things that has helped us over time is the fact that Nigerians are travelers. Mm-hmm. So you find Nigerians in, you know, and Africans in different parts of the world. So when Afrobeats became the thing to enjoy, you know, I mean, they've always been enjoying Afrobeats, but now it's something they can always be proud of and play publicly and always try to, you know, share with their friends, no matter what race you are, you are from and all that. And, yeah, I would just say that over time we realized that the, the first place that started to adopt Afrobeats to the core was um, the UK. And that's because Nigerians were, you know, there a lot as well. Um, a lot of the stars in the UK also are from Nigerian um, descent. And then, you know, it became a thing they were able to talk about. So Afrobeats kind of was accepted in the UK first. And then, um, you know, some parts in the US and then, you know, due to some global hits that have happened over time. Um, and then they are, they realized that this artist who made this such a big record is Nigerian. So there was that spread. Then early days, you find out things like when, um, Don Jazzy and the band had a collaboration with Kanye, you know, those things helped put Afrobeats on the map and allowed those regions start to like listen. Then, um, recently, one of the most interesting places that have, um, adopted Afrobeats, I would say is the Benelux region. And, um, um, France in particular, they do very well when it comes to like accepting Afrobeats. Um, it's one of the, um, it's one of the regions that our artist Ira Star is mostly accepted in. They love her music a lot there and she's done, you know, some really good collaborations with, um, a few of their artists on that side. And, um, recently India, India is picking up there as well. So, so yeah, it's been, it's been an interesting journey, just making sure that we, um, educate people more on Afrobeats and show them how to enjoy it in these different regions. Yeah. Really interesting. Thank you. Um, I mean, if we reflect on 2023, 
um, for a moment. I, I was wondering if you could maybe point to what some of the kind of big moments for Maven has has been this year, like whether that's particular artists that have broken through that you've been really proud of, certain records that have like been instrumental in you know kind of it, it, taking the reach of the label's music around the world. What have been some of the kind of highlights, if you like, or or key moments for the label this year? Um, and I'm sure Veda will echo this. is a huge mm-hmm. win for Calm Down, Calm Down crossing multiple territories and even led us to having a tour in India. That was really amazing. The acceptance was brilliant. Like, I, I, I'm literally getting goosebumps just thinking about <laughs> it again. Um, definitely Rush, Rush, fantastic record. We're so happy that I got a Grammy nomination. It's, it's, it's a lot of hard work that has been put in there. And I'm glad that we're beginning to recognize not just Afrobeat artists, but like the women in the Afrobeat yeah. sphere. It, it is totally amazing. Um, the remix of Calm Down with Selena Gomez, that one. Also, another fabulous one, um, Tatata. We did see Tatata, especially um, the re- before the remix. Yes, Tatata had an interesting viral moment as well. Mm. Um, that's just off the top of my head. Um, Veda, do you want to add or just yeah. echo something? I mean, yes, yeah, she, she definitely, definitely covered um, the key things. Um, the the first Grammy nomination, you know, for the label, which is great for. Um, Ira Star as well, who's only been a few years in the game. And um, yeah, she, was, she also spoke on the remix of Calm Down. I mean, we knew it was a special song, but we had no idea. You know, you can't ever really predict the reach of a record. You know, this can be a very strong global record, but you never can tell all the territories or the records it will break. And I think Calm Down definitely did that. Um, excitingly, we also launched a new artist called Life Size Teddy this year. And, you know, it's been amazing. Um, we're we're trying another route. We're, we, let's just say we're trying new waters with her, and you know we love the results we're seeing. You know she's well on her way as well. Um, yeah, you know Bayani Tatata doing amazing. Then also we had two major tours this year. Um, Arakta had a tour. Rema had a tour as well. You know touring different continents and countries, and you know that's just been amazing. And we had three other of our artists supporting them on the road. Yeah. So it's been it's been a really interesting year so far. A year of being on the road. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean you you mentioned um a moment ago. I I, I wanna come on to um to to calm down as well actually in a little bit more detail because mm-hmm. I think that's a really interesting uh kind of campaign to look at and see how how that took off the way that it did. Um but I did also want to ask uh Jennifer that you mentioned that the label is you know, has a, a is kind of predominantly uh, sort of female uh, driven, and you said there's been a lot of uh, kind of women breaking through in the scene as well on the artist front. Has that always been the case with Maven? Is that like has, has there always been like a real sense of di- sort of gender diversity within that label? Is that something that's happened more recently? Can you just kind of t- tell us a little bit about that? Um, so um, when I just got hired to Maven, I think there were just like two girls there, right, okay. just like. No, and yeah. and even when I was coming in, my boss, um, our CEO Tega, he said, "Jennifer, I really need more women here." And I'm like, "Yes, we definitely yeah. need more <laughs> women here." So, um, we started to scout. I, I I think it was not just 
there was an intentional um, move towards that, but even just getting the best talents, we got them in women. So a director of ANR is a female, a director of finance is a female. I myself, I'm a director, I'm also a female. A head of marketing is female. The person that leads our um, legal team is also female. So we're just really happy that um, women are beginning to break through in the music industry because way back, it was sort of like a boys club. It was just the guys, the you know, how to just roll with it, just move with it. But like infusing women into the space just brings a lot of project managing into it, just brings a lot of insight into it, bring, brings a lot of, um, can we see it from this perspective, a change of perspective, and it, it has worked for us. So we're, we're really happy about that. Yeah, that's, it's great to hear. And and as you said, you know, it, I mean, I, I, th- I think across the board at a lot of labels, it still feels... Um, you know, even if the kind of diversity is is changing on the surface, it's not necessarily kind of making its way to those more senior roles. So for there to be so many kind of women yeah. in those in those senior executive positions is a, obviously a great thing to hear. Um, and and how about on the kind of artist front as well? Are you seeing like a kind of strong you know wave of uh, you know female artists coming through at the label as well? Is that something that's kind of changed in you know during your time at the label as well or? Yeah, so um, coincidentally, I think I think it wasn't deliberate. We just looked at our roster and realized, oh my God, we have just one girl in the roster. So yeah. we started becoming deliberate about grooming more females to join the roster. And lucky for us, we have a, an amazing talent called Life Size Steady that Veda had already spoken about earlier. So yes, we're making we're making an in- intentional move towards getting more females in the roster because again it's not great that the label is trying to be diverse and the roster is not getting diverse so we're doing both simultaneously yeah fantastic um i i wanted to come on uh to to calm down um as we mentioned a moment ago um would you be able to kind of just tell us the backstory to this record because it's obviously in you know had a huge success big kind of breakthrough moment um are you able to give us a little bit of an insight into like, you know, when that, when you first heard the record and the the kind of campaign and everything that kind of moved around it to kind of elevate it to the status that it's reached? I, I, I appreciate that's quite a big, a, a big task, a big question, but like if, if you could give it your best shot, that'd be amazing. I'll take this because you're in the kitchen. <laughs> okay. So um, I'll, I'll try to keep it as precise as possible yeah. because you know, when it comes to working a record, there are multiple layers, you know, it's like, it's like an onion. You just keep peeling and peeling. Yeah. So, um, I would say, I think Rema traveled to the U S, um, for something. I think he had a show there and, um, myself and the director of ANR, we work hand in hand and then she sent me a message, you know, Rema sent some new music and on first listen, we were both like, yo, this is, this is it. This is the record. And I think he sent about five records, but we're like, calm down on one other record. We felt so strongly about them. And then we just wanted to make sure that the label as a whole felt that same way. And when, you know, we had a conversation with Rema, he felt like, you know, calm down was also a strong record. And that's why we decided to go with it, you know, as a lead single up until his album. And, you know, I think that, that really just showed how, how strongly we believed in the record. And, um, fast forward to uh, almost a year later, we got in talks with um, Selena's camp and said, you know, we were looking to do a remix for Calm Down because we felt like in the Nigerian space, when we put it out, it did its thing. You know, people loved it. 
chanted they sang it sang it in the clubs and lounges and all that at parties and all and we just felt like we needed to take it up a notch and we wanted our goal was to take it up a notch but we also wanted someone who would love the record and put their hearts behind it as well we got in contact with selena's team via a member of our team who is andy and he's been in talks with you know her camp for a while we just decided to have a more serious conversation about the record doing the remix and you know Fortunately enough, Selena was going into the studio at the time, so she she heard the song and said, "I love it, you know, I'll do it." <laughs> she went to the studio, did her verse, you know, all the necessary label back and forth to make sure that the song comes out as best as it should. Brema heard it, he loved it as well, you know, and we decided to put it out there just to have people enjoy this masterpiece that we had made. And you know, fortunately enough for us, people loved it even more than we thought they would. Yeah, you know, Selena fans, big love to them. I think they are one of the 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 strongest fan bases, you know, in the pla- on the planet right now because they really love it. And Rema's fan base too; they don't play. So you can imagine when you have two powerful fan bases coming together to say this is the this is the record that we love, and you should love it too. So I think that those are the things that really work. Then also, like I said. Just having an artist that, you know, there are different types of collaborations. You could collaborate with an artist who would really not lean into promoting the record or talking about it. And Selena was very forthcoming about it. She she was intentional about it. She wanted to make sure that the record got its due shine. Because, you know, she doesn't she doesn't lean into just it. She doesn't lean into just any record. And this particular one, she wanted it. And, you know, she did her part. Yeah. So I think... That really made it what it was. Selena um, pulling her weight, Rema pulling his weight, and you know, just the labels coming together to say this record needs to be heard by thousands and millions of people. And yeah, yeah, that's really what the success is behind it. What are those moments like when you first hear a record and there's kind of a sense in the room of like, okay, this one, this one could be a bit special. We think we might be onto something. Is there like? Is is that an exciting moment? Is there then a moment of like, okay, if, <laughs> if everyone can kind of sense that this is going to be a big hit, you're going to have like other people trying to kind of get involved in it as well. And like you said, this kind of back and forth mm-hmm. to make sure it works out the way that everyone wants it to be. Is is that like a, does it make the process of, of kind of achieving that hit even more difficult than it might be with putting other records out in some ways? Or is it just a dream? You kind of go, this is brilliant. It's a great track. Like it's, it's going to involve work, but like the track will take care of mm-hmm. itself. I just wonder like behind the scenes, how, how the response is and how the, the, the kind of the behavior at the label is when you suddenly go, right, we've got something here. We need to make sure that this is delivered in exactly the right way. I, it, I, I'm not sure if there's a question in there, but uh, yeah, if you can kind of talk us yeah. through how that is when you, when you land upon one of those. So I think with every record is different, you know, and you can really tell, you know, with the way people react to it. For me, um, I like to say every A&R has their A&R sense and then depends on how it tingles, you know how strongly you feel about the record. And, you know, like I said, um, when I first heard it, I was super excited. It felt like, it felt familiar, but it felt different, you know? So that's the thing. Like the moment you hear something and it feels like, oh, I've heard you all my life, but I want to hear you some more. Sometimes it makes you want to love it more. And then, you know, I've started deciding internally that this is what we love. We played it to the whole label, and when you have eighty percent of the label jump into it, you are sure that you know they are going to put their best behind it, best foot behind it. So you have people even staying up late beyond hours that they should be up, just making sure that that pitch goes in, making sure that that content is done, making sure that 
you know, all the T's that crossed and the I's that dotted just because they love it. And that's one thing that even pay wouldn't get, get people to do. But the fact that they love a record so much and they feel like, you know, I want people to love it just as much as I do. You know, that's that's really something special that we get to to experience when we play new music, especially when we love it and we think it can be the next big thing. Yeah. Do you do you always know when when you're going to be onto something like that? I mean, I know there's always a degree of chance because music is something that wants to put it out there. You know, it's just kind of in, in the hands of the fans and things like that as well. But like you said, you know, when you've got like eighty percent or whatever of the, of the label kind of all on the same page, yeah. can you feel like yeah. pretty sure at that point, like okay, like this is gonna at the very least this is gonna do well, or is there still that kind of bit of a uncertainty and a bit of the unknown that kind of comes into it when you eventually release it into the world? You're still kind of waiting to see what happens i just wonder how much you can kind of detect mm. it at an early stage and go do you know what this this is going to land we're like pretty sure this is going to work out so like i no, said if I, you have okay let me let you in the first speak <laughs> you're, you're close to the kitchen so everything <laughs> <laughs> i was going to say okay i feel like there are sometimes we have debates on or oh, we might just our debates might just be, is this the right time to put this record out? Because this record is fire, but it might not just be the right time. Yeah. Or sometimes it's just, we think this is a fantastic project and we're going to put it out. But in the end, I cannot force your ears to take in the music. We can only just, you know, do our best, make sure everything that we can put in the process to make sure you enjoy the music as much as we did when we were preparing it. It's done. So I think we have all that kind of nuance. Oh, is this the right time? Is this, can this artist also carry the songs? Because sometimes the song is so big, but the artist, the ability for the artist to carry the song along and just make it their own and just continue to churn out content, continue to get their fan base, work the fan base, sweat them, make sure they go and spread the gospel about what this new and beautiful track or project is. So I guess we have that back and forth sometimes. Yeah. But half the time when the label says, or most people in the label are just like, yes, this is a jam, put this forward. Yeah, It's all smash it. But yeah. um, Vija, I think you can. Just- <laughs> Yeah, um, Jennifer definitely spoke, you know, right about it. Those things actually really um, play a key role in determining how far a record goes. Another thing that, um, yeah, she spoke on timing as well. So sometimes, yeah, like, is it the right time? Because we've had instances where you have a record that we all feel strongly about and we put it out and, you know, some something chaotic happens in the industry or, you know, in the economy and the people are no longer really interested, you know, to just sit down and listen to music. They want to, you know, focus on, should I say, what they would call real life. And that takes their attention away from um, listening to whatever new music is out there. We have, we've had periods like that where no matter how great a song is, every song that comes out of that period will surely tank or yeah. at least have a slow growth because um, people are just focused on, you know, surviving that period. You know, things like that happen. Then also... Um, no matter how great a record is, the key thing is, and this is what I've learned in my in all my years of being an A&R, the key thing is how you interpret it. If you have an amazing record, but you show it in the wrong light, people will not know how to use that record. They will not know how to relate to that record. And it will just come and go, you know, like it, it's just passing away with time. Yeah. But if you show people the right way, um, one thing that I believe worked for 
calm down and rush was the authenticity authenticity in the videos um you could t- you could tell that it felt like an african video you know it, it felt very i could be the person in this video you know um calm down was very simple um it showed Rema having a good time literally telling you have a good time when you listen to this record you know for rush um same thing showed ira you know literally just living her life trying to get her money up just being a, you know being a lead african female you know in the video and just enjoying herself it tells you to enjoy yourself when you listen to it as well um she has a record called stability where she danced in literally telling you dance when you listen to this record so you you just need to know how to interpret the record right because if you tell people drive if your record says drive around in a car but then visually you represent it with you lying down and sleeping people yeah. would not know what to do with it because like do i sleep when i'm in a car or not? you know you need to interpret it right and if you don't uh, yeah you might not experience that that record may not get it's full um potential exploited yes yeah okay no, it's, it's really interesting it's always uh you know a, a fascinating thing to get a little bit of insight into you know what 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 makes a hit you know what i mean because it, it, it's stuck you know everyone knows that it you know you, you need more than just the music as well you know there's so much that goes into these kind of records and these projects but yeah always fascinating to get a little insight into one that's been especially successful um i wanted to ask you a little bit about the kind of live circuit in the afrobeat scene um how much of a focus is there you know i mean a a lot of the time it's not uncommon these days to hear about people that are kind of making and releasing music before they've played a show you know and then they've kind of been really you know they they get to a certain point and then they're playing their first gig when they've already been making music for a little while but they're as a so creatively they're you know they're they're relatively experienced but when it comes to playing on stage they're, they're kind of starting again from the beginning how much do you encourage artists to be like performing live, getting out there, touring, developing their stage craft? Like how vital a part of that is, you know, is that in the development of the, the artists at your label? So um, okay. from a professional, from an operation standpoint, Vader can take from an A&R standpoint, from an operational standpoint, as a business, you want your talent to be well-rounded, mm. especially at the most critical, which is, recording when you're recording how do you sound if you're now on stage how do you also sound um and me as being the operations lead just making sure that we have enough equipment and um facilities that encourage that because it's one thing for anr to say oh we're going to train you this week but it's another thing for you to have the facilities that encourage such in- initiatives that we do at maven so yeah Veda, please yeah. <laughs> thank you jennifer um i'll say let me start with historically right in nigeria back in the day before the modern day music industry in nigeria i'm gonna say modern day where everyone sort of relatively has an access to um a small studio equipment and can make music on the go people would you know find time to go to a studio record that song get that record and go with it everywhere they, they can try to get an opportunity to get on every stage for free or not, just to, you know, sing to the crowd. So you will find, way back, you'd find people having stronger stage presence than even, like, being in the studio because they've they probably recorded only one or two records, but they've performed at, like, maybe 15 to 20 events just trying to find that one person that is willing to bet on them 
you know, trying to find people to, you know, that would enjoy their music as much and want to share it. And, you know, we've seen this shift lately, and that shift is just because technology, everyone has access to a small studio equipment. People can make music on their phones, you know. And when they do that, nowadays people are sort of used to, like, enjoying music on bad streaming services. So it is intentional now for us to make sure that we remind people of what it used to be back then. And when we take artists and sign them, it is important for them to undergo stage performance training, um, even just performance training, because sometimes you we, we do live band trainings for them. We also do um, regular just stage performance. How do you how do you you know take charge of a stage that is this small? When a stage is this big, how do you make sure you are not just you know a drop of water on a big stage? How do you make sure you leave a splash? So yeah. we make sure that we have these conversations with the artists when they are in our you know our academy and we develop them for a period of time. We make sure they end up you know doing such developments and such trainings. And even when they are out there and unveiled and you know conquering the world, we also make sure that they still go back in the studio. Um, and when I say studio, we'll have like a live recording studio. I mean, shout out to the operations team. <laughs> so we make sure they come back into the live studio and then they get, you know, they, they still go, oh, go that development process with um, one of our NRs who handles our live aspects. Every single, every single artist that Maven has gone through that studio process where you have to, you know, rehearse with your band or you have your DJ there playing and then you envision yourself in front of a crowd. We just make sure that they get that training because people don't pay you to come on stage and do what you did on the record. Yeah. They pay you to come on stage, do what you did on the record, but they want to see you interpret it live. So we need to make sure that they can deliver people's money worth. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's really interesting. Yeah. I'm, I'm always kind of amazed, you know, even though it's, it's not that uncommon these days but when you kind of speak to artists that you feel like oh, they must be pretty well versed in like performing live and stuff and then they're still like kind mm-hmm. of terrified it's only like the first or second yeah. gig and it takes time you know it's like even if you've got a you know a, you know a body of work or you know you've you've got an ep of songs or whatever where you're like you've got this big bold sound and you're an accomplished sounding act it's like doesn't just immediately translate to the stage you've got to kind of build that up as well it's like a whole separate separate craft um I'm conscious that we're almost uh, out of time. So I just wanted to, to ask you um, if uh, there's anything coming up sort of early in 2024 that you're particularly excited about, any records, any new artists that you think will be ones to watch in the new year for our for our listeners. Jennifer, do you want to go? Or do you want me to? First. <laughs> okay. Um, I would just say, I mean, maybe there's a label full of surprises, so we're not going to let the cat out of the bag. Yeah. But um, I would definitely say expect um, new exciting music from the the artists who have always served, you know, really exciting music. All of our artists at our label serve exciting music. So yeah, expect music from them. Um, particularly ex- excited about the kind of international collaborations that you know we're going to do next year. Um, this year was really strong. Just seeing how um, Ira and Rema went full throttle with the collaborations, you know, in the different territories next year i'm particularly excited for um crayon and magic um very key to see you know keen to see what they are going to do um with the music how we're going to move with them um we've already gotten a couple of requests for people who would like to work with them just going to make sure that we take those small studio sessions and make them global records 
fantastic. Um, I'm also looking forward to the kind of campaigns we used to push this amazing project. I'm look, looking forward to um, a couple of collaborations that we're going to have with versatile companies. And um, again, like I said, Maven is not just a record label, it's an entertainment company. So we'll definitely see more initiatives from Maven. Um, then we have our International Women's Day that we use as an avenue to just push the word, spread the word. We need more women in the music business um, territory. So, yeah, we'll be doing that as well. There are a lot of things planned. So, can't wait. We're excited about 2024. For sure. What's coming? Brilliant. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure chatting to you both. Thanks so much for taking some time out of your day uh, to, to speak to us. Um, and, yeah, wish you uh, wish you all the best in the new year. Great talking to you both. Thank you, Daniel. Thank you, Daniel. Great talking to you too. Headliner Radio, supporting the creative community.